Welcome to the Preventable. Preventable, we still haven't figured out what the heck we're calling it. It doesn't matter. But joining us again as a, as a repeat guest, I feel like I should have a certificate or something for you, is Polly. And Polly is a woman who is very sassy and is a woman of Puerto Rican ancestry. Is that how you identify? I am definitely Puerto Rican. I am what we call Afro-Boricua. So Borinquen is the indigenous name for Puerto Rico. And I am a biracial presenting woman, so I am Afro-Boricua. Okay, wow. I will not say that. I took Spanish in school, but um, I could never roll my R's, and that's why I didn't really do that well in it. But um, So you are Puerto Rican presenting. No. Well, say it yeah, again. I guess I look, I, I do look very Puerto Rican, but if you look at my family, um, we have basically a rainbow of skin colors because being Puerto Rican does not necessarily equate to a skin color. Correct. Right? It, right. it is about our culture, the our culture. language, and the food. So we, you were a guest on a previous episode, and after sort of the mics stopped rolling, you brought up this topic of colorism. And I said to you, I know what I see on BuzzFeed, and I know what I see and, and read about. Um, and, and I know enough to know that I don't know anything other than I recognize that I have privilege as a white woman. Um, I recognize that colorism and shades of skin color is a very hot-button issue because people who are seen as more white-adjacent um, are given more privilege through society and just the way that the world is set up. And we were talking about some of the controversy that has been coming out since the In the Heights movie, which is based off of a Broadway play, correct? Correct. And it is focused on a neighborhood in New York City that is Washington Heights that is predominantly occupied by our neighbors from the Dominican Republic, which are have more descent from the African community. So it their was, skin is darker. Their skin is much darker. Their hair is different. And it was kind of sad for some of us not to see that representation because it would be more folks who look like me or my father because I am biracial presenting. Um, but I want to go back to something you talk about privilege. Please. So I recognize that because I am biracial presenting, I can navigate different worlds. Hmm. So I do have privilege. Also because I can talk my way, right, into or out of things because of access that I had to education. And also that as soon as I say, oh, I went to wash you, you should oh. see people's faces, how they mm -hmm. treat me differently. Because sassy pants uh, has an accent. But um, I know a lot of things i'm a master of nothing but i know a little bit and speaking of privilege too as i was lost in the back i was like you know what like i recognize that if i had been you got lost in the parking lot in the parking on the lot way here. yes yes, yes right yes, yes. okay mm -hmm. so you you recognized mm -hmm. if you had been of a darker skin color mm. I may have been a little bit in trouble because it happens, right? That people get stopped or people get treated a certain way, which 
I'm inserting my politics, it's very unfair. Yeah. Well, I don't know that that's political, right? I mean, to talk at at Prevent Ed, I mean, we start talking with kindergartners about the importance of including others and tolerance. I mean, we don't name it as tolerance, not until the fifth grade, but we, we talk about including others and um, no matter what. And that means no matter if they bring something to lunch that you think is weird or if they like the monkey bars and you prefer jump roping, you know, and then somewhere along like teenage years, like we forget that. We forget that it is not acceptable, never acceptable to treat somebody differently because of how they look on the outside. So I don't know that that's political. It has become political. But that in and of itself is not political. So were you taught about, and this is my own ignorance, okay, because again, I mean, you've, you've accompanied me on my journey, Polly, and you have been one of the people who have helped me recognize the privilege I have, being able, you, you've helped me put words to it and put action behind it so that I'm not kind of stereotypical white fragility, feeling guilty about it and not knowing what to do. So you've helped me put words to it. But I didn't have these conversations growing up. So when you were a kid, were you aware that your skin color was maybe different than other kids, that it was maybe different from other people in your own family? So so it was a, it's a yes and no. Mm-hmm. So in my family, we came in different skin colors, but we, in, in my grandma's house, in my maternal, we were all treated the same. And I was the oldest grandchild, and my grandma did call me Negrita, but in my family, that was an endearment. Mm, okay. Um, I didn't realize. So my dad would talk about racism, but I was never experienced it. I didn't experience it till I came to the United States. Huh. But this is I, my surprised face. For those of you at home, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so I didn't. I noticed something was different when I went to prep school. So I went to one of the like that would be fancy, like high school. High school. It was okay. ninth grade. I went to one of the fanciest high schools in Puerto Rico. I know that I don't behave in that manner because I'm, I'm very uh, uh, poly behaves the way poly wants to behave. But I went to <laughs> one of the fanciest prep schools. And I noticed that in my class, there were about four of us who looked biracial or black presenting. And we were all on scholarship. Mm. And that's when I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then I started noticing that the folks in power in Puerto Rico were more white adjacent. But when it really hit me and everything started changing was when I came to college. Mm. That people started asking, what are you? Oh, and I wow. was like, what do, you, what do you mean? I'm Puerto Rican. But they're like, no, no. But what are you? And I, did, I was like, I don't understand what you mean. Um, I what answer did they want? Like, what what kind of answer do you want when you ask a the question? The term biracial, which we don't use in Puerto oh, Rico, like, right, really. Right. Um, in Puerto Rico, it's more actually where you go to high school. That is a very, that's a question that you get asked so that they can place you. They can figure out. Socioeconomically, uh-huh. too. So St. Louis thinks they're special with that, but no. <laughs> um, then I started getting followed in school here. That didn't happen at home. Wow. Um. Then, when it really started hitting me, was when I started working in clinics. 
and I would hear the Because you are a social worker. I am a clinical social worker, and for about eight years, I worked in hospitals. Well, not, never hospitals, but clinics. Clinics, okay. And my patients started telling me stories about their encounters with law enforcement. I also, actually, some of my patients were law enforcement folks, like correctional officers, mm -hmm. and they were corroborating some of those stories. And certain municipality would like to come to our parking lot, scan our license plates. Um, so I started getting that kind of like all the stories, things that were happening in the clinic, started kind of hitting home, me getting problem stores. I, I have issues driving through certain streets here. I feel safe when I'm in the city. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, just going to be honest that I was working in the county and county was hard. And I, as soon as I hit the city division, like division of Union County, that's when I felt safe. And I was concerned. It's like you could exhale. Yes. And I was more concerned about law enforcement than citizens. And it wasn't until I developed relationships with certain law enforcement who I love, like exactly. some of the officers that I work with in my work. But still, even them share quite a bit. Um, about what's happening, mm. um, and they sometimes don't have the platform, or they don't feel safe speaking about. And your husband is a is a white guy. He is a white dude, and I mean, I'm sure that that was a you were aware, right? Like you're you're aware, and I'm sure he was aware. So, were there kind of conversations about? If we're gonna do this, right? If we're gonna date and if we're gonna get married, like we're gonna we're gonna have these perceptions of us. We're gonna have to. I mean, this is a commitment. Did you all have those kind of conversations? So, so he leans very left. Mm. So the, like with him, there's no issues. Like he is more left than Holly is. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it didn't. That was not necessarily a concern about, how do I say it? Yes, we have convers lots of conversation of what's happening in the nation, but he's understanding. Uh, do I want him to speak up more publicly at times? Yes. Um, You're not going to find him protesting at the front of the line. Right. No. Even though he's like super, super left, he's more of like, he's, he's an extrovert among his friends but not necessarily yeah. in public. In public. Mm -hmm. He does get loud, like on Sunday, he was getting really loud talking about politics. I got me Ranchito, and I was like, you're getting loud. And I, I <laughs> he gets very excitable. Got it. Yeah, especially things he cares about. Yeah. And I would imagine that he could get worked up if he felt like there was something happening to you, about you, in front of you, involving you that was not okay. Yes, but mm -hmm. yeah, but you know, like it's it's. I'm sure it, it has to be hard to be married to sassy pants. I mean, it's so I have signs outside our house and like, so uh, yeah. Look, we have convert. We have negotiations about what signs I'm gonna put. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what did uh, Rita Moreno do wrong? So I don't think so. Like, so I don't know. I don't know anything about this. So I don't know anything other than in she got in trouble. Community, which is more than one community, right? It's not a homogeneous community. But there's a conversation about 
either or. And I don't think mm. we can't have a conversation of, of, about in the heights being binary. I think it's a conversation of and we should celebrate that we have a show that talks about like uh, the Latin community. And we need to address the issue of colorism, of not casting folks who actually represent the folks that live in Washington Heights. Well, so what you just said is so spot on with what we talk about constantly on our team, which is it's not an either or. It's not you either teach life skills in kindergarten or you distribute Narcan and save life. Like it is both. And it, it is and it is not an either or it is a both and and the idea that's why I love this idea of having conversations on a podcast because you can actually talk about nuance like there are lots of depth there's lots of um, well maybe or I'm not sure or I hear you but I'm also wondering and that gets lost. That gets really lost. I am reading right now uh, Finding Latinx, mm. and it's really helping me also understand myself. Um, I am on a journey. I am still figuring out who I am. I may be turning 40, but... Um, Which, by the way, 40 is the new 20. I, I hope so, except my body doesn't feel it. Oh, but I know. I do. I know. But I feel more confident. Yep. And... More self-assured in I your... Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. But definitely my body, the pinched yeah. nerves would disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we also, also should talk sometime about like women's issues. Like I'm postmenopausal, right? Who knew there are things that, right? And we don't talk. There's many things we don't my talk My friend about. just had a baby at age 40. They labeled it a geriatric pregnancy. It is. After 35, uh-huh. is that geriatric? She's like, I'm sorry, a geriatric pregnancy? Excuse yes, me? So I'm mm-hmm. like an old grandma because I'm above, you know, prime reproductive years. Do you want to talk about a label? Whoa. Why? And labels matter, right? Words matter. Words matter. But so I think this we all, book you're talking about. Well, I was talking about finding Latinx, but I think we all should be on a journey. We should never stop learning or challenging who we are, and trying to figure out who we want to become. So finding Latinx it talks about the different um, Latinx communities throughout the U.S. It's written by Paola Ramos, whose father is a famous newscaster, and she's um, a consultant, or she appears often on CNN. But it's a great book it's been really helping me define what i'm feeling and and in a sense of like who am i at the table right uh, because living in a city like st louis i feel like sometimes um, my people get erased right and i'm constantly at, I, i'm with I, i'm with nicole in in a group and we talk a lot about it it's like we we need who lives right and 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 how does equity present in a certain issue, um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out who Polly is and how does colorism affect me, how does racism affect me, or how can I be um, an ally in the community? Well, I am thrilled that you rejoined our table and that you're thinking about how to show up, how you want to be and live in this soon to be 40 year old body because you know we sometimes we think we're really old but guess what we we got a lot of life to live and so it is it is interesting though that around this age you really start to figure out who you are and who you want to be and what you stand for and what just you're kind of just going to let go 
pleasure having you today. Um, and you are welcome back anytime. If you like this, if you like what you're listening to, if you're like, yay, more Polly, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you so much, Polly. Thank you. Awesome. Great. Love it. So I don't know.